Thanks for checking out this message from Spring Mount. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmountcf.co.uk or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow in Furness. Connect with us on social media. Follow us on Twitter at springmountcf and like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash springmountcf. Okay, morning again. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> it's... um. For those of you visiting, we've been doing a series on Your God is Too. Um, so we start off with Your God is Too Small, because sometimes we try and, and, and think that God is able to go in our back pockets and do what we want him to do. Then we had Your God is Too Safe, Your God is Too Distant, and today it's Your God is Too Normal. Okay? So I want you to say, Johnny, you're not normal. Johnny, you're not normal. Okay, now turn to your neighbour and say, you're not normal. Okay. <laughs> See, can I just say something at this point? Okay. I just, I just, I just need to point something out at this point. You always, you all said very confidently that I wasn't normal. But when you turn to your neighbour, oh, you were a little bit less sure. I suppose it's because maybe you didn't know them and you thought they might smack you. But anyway, um, what is normal? What is not? If I said what's normal for you, wouldn't be normal for me. You know, if I said, you know, who likes Marmite? That's not normal. It's really not normal, okay? Who likes that horrible cheese that smells of sweaty feet? Yeah, that. That's not normal. It's not normal, you know? I really like, and I was really gutted, McDonald's used to serve root beer. It's not an alcoholic drink, it's a soft drink. And I love root beer. And actually, the Americans are nodding their head with me here. It does taste like Germaline foot spray smells. (laughs) <laughs> but that's not really advertising it well, but it's a great drink, and I love it, so I'm not normal, because I like that. But what is normal? Because so often, we expect God to behave in a way that suits us. And if each one of us in here isn't normal, what makes us think that God's going to be our normal? Because the Bible says his ways are higher than yours. His ways are you know, he has a peace that passes understanding. If we can't understand it, then it's not our normal. And yet so often we come to church and we want everything in our nice little boxes. We want it in our own little way. And this whole series is looking at the fact that we cannot keep putting God in that box. We have got to allow God to be God in our lives. And when we allow God to be God in our lives and in our church, we will see his glory. So let's stop thinking of God as just being normal. Because he won't be. Often we expect him to behave how we have. We do not control him. We're looking at some little stories that happened in Acts. Acts was the beginning of the church. When the church started and thousands of people were suddenly going, that's the way I want to be. That's the, that's the thing. that I need that hope. I've tried everything else. The only hope that there is. Our living hope we've just sung is Jesus Christ. And they were thousands of people becoming added, even though they were risking death, they were risking imprisonment, they were risking torture, they were risking being called names. They were stopping at nothing because they saw a reality that made life right. God is not your normal, because normal is same old, same old. Normal is routine. Normal is the day after day, the day after day, doing things your way and no one else's. God's way is not that way. I want to read you two verses of a, of a story from Acts. It's Acts chapter 19, verses 11 to 12. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. 
this morning. Acts chapter 19, verses 11 to 12 say this. God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. So start off, unusual. That's not normal. That isn't your run-of-the-mill things. Miracles in themselves are not normal, maybe, but they should be, because we have a God of miracles. But here it says, Paul, the power to perform unusual miracles. So even less normal, even less run-of-the-mill. Verse 12, when handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched Paul's skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. Is that normal? No. But God isn't normal. God is supernatural. God is not, another word for normal is ordinary. Well, if your God is ordinary, I'm really sad for you. Because our God is extraordinary. He's extraordinary. He is supernatural. He is not run of the mill. And yet so often our churches display this image of run of the mill normality, of tradition, of routine, of ritual, of just going with the flow, coming to church on a Sunday, doing what we want the rest of the week, coming back to church the next Sunday. That's normal, but it's not good. Because God said, I am good. And my ways are higher than yours. My ways are better. This story, at first, might, you might go, that's a bit odd. People, you know, Paul's got a hanky, he's blowing his nose on maybe. And then if somebody else goes and gets it and puts it on sick people, you would think that would transfer the disease. I'm rather grimacing at the thought of somebody's snotty hanky going on her injury. But actually, what happens here is things that had touched Paul healed other people. Why did that happen? Well, people were arguing against Paul's authority. Paul was going into Ephesus and telling them about Jesus. The fact that Jesus is the one and only way. The fact that Jesus died for them so that they could have life to the full. And people were arguing about his authority. Who's this man to tell us this? Who's this bloke that we should listen to him? Well, God's amazing how he works, isn't he? Because the people of Ephesus worshipped inanimate objects. They worshipped things that didn't have any life in them. And not only that, they would go to the temple and they would pay a price for an article of clothing from the temple and take it home like a lucky charm and hope that it would bring some benefit to their family. That would be like me today giving Hosanna, the Coles family and the Kaz and Lucy, Kaz and Lucy's family. <laughs> that would be like me giving them, you know, my jumper when I finish and saying, take this home, it'll bring you, it'll bring you blessings. No, no, it won't. But in this one instance, in this one situation, Paul is speaking to people who believe that to be the case. And yet it doesn't bring them any joy. Yet when this man of God comes and says, Jesus is the way, Jesus is the one you want to follow, and they question his authority, what does God do? God meets them where they are. God speaks to them in what they understand. And all these years of going to that temple and buying an item of clothing to help bless their household, which hasn't really worked, suddenly a man of God comes and a handkerchief that has touched his skin or an apron that has touched his skin suddenly does the miracle in God's power in itself because God is God and the others are not. Think of the things you follow. Think of the things you do. What does God do? He uses His power connected to the person of God to be the proof of the good news. 
God uses his power connected to the person of God to bring proof of his good news. Does he do that all the way through the New Testament? Does he use clothes to do that? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. But sadly, I can turn on God TV or some other TV challenge station and I can find someone who's selling miracle hankies or even miracle socks. You can't get a pair, only one. Okay? And you can go on a channel that is God TV where the people running the programs have paid for that slot. So they could be anyone. And actually, you see people selling these things to try and encourage others. They actually give them away free. But then what you get if you go for one is you get a little letter with it saying, if you are blessed, please could you send us a gift? Please could you sow a seed into our work? Does that miracle sock make the difference? No. God makes a difference. And in our, in our world, we don't believe that we should go and worship inanimate objects. Well, we do. But you don't come to church expecting me to give you a bit of my jumper to bring a blessing to your house. They went to their temple to expect that. So God said, enough, I'm going to show them who I am. And if they want to see it through a piece of material, that's what I'm going to do. If that's what they want to see in that situation, I'm going to work an unusual miracle so that they can see that I am God and the others aren't. You know, God is not normal. Do we want to show God and his power? Yeah? But we don't want him to go all strange, do we? <laughs> we don't want it to be a bit weird because people won't like us. But actually, you know, my dad is great. He's amazing. Love my dad to bits. And he used to run a business selling central heating and kitchens. And he would get excited about boilers and radiators. That's not normal. It really isn't normal. And it's certainly not me, his son. I'm not the same as him. But he behaved in a different way. You know, he advertised on Piccadilly Radio, which became Key 103. I got mercilessly teased for it, but hey, doesn't matter. He had an advert, and at the end of every advert, it said, any day but Sunday, because they didn't open on Sunday. Any day but Sunday. So I would walk down the corridor at school, and even the teachers would go, hey, any day but Sunday. They'd be like, get lost. <laughs> then he got somebody to write a song. <laughs> Harrison McCarthy for kitchens and heating. We won't be being doom, 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 doom. And then he spoke over it, and I'm like, oh, Tad, please, no, no more. None of that is normal. None of it is normal. Sorry, Dad, if you're listening, but it's not. Normal is not that. You know, but my dad did things I could not even begin to understand and achieve. He, he did things and achieved things. He built a business up from the lounge of his mother-in-law's house. And he did things that I couldn't possibly understand because he wasn't normal. So if my dad isn't normal, why do we expect the God that created the universe to be normal? Why do we expect him to fit in with our way of things? Why do we expect him to fit with our pattern of things? Another story is in 2 Chronicles. We read this earlier in the series. I just want to repeat it. 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 13 to 14. It's the opening of the temple. People had jobs to do in the temple. It says the trumpeters and singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. And then perhaps they were going to have a sermon or maybe they were going to have another song or something else. But at that moment, 
A thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. People couldn't do what was normal because God came down and went, I'm changing it. They couldn't do their same old, same old, their day routine that they wanted to do because God said, I've got other plans and my way is better. My way is higher than yours. And you are going to see me glorified. Do we want to see God glorified in Barrow? Yes. Yeah. Do we want to see God glorified in Barrow? It starts with you and me. Because to see God glorified in Barrow, he's got to be glorified in us. And he's got to be glorified in his church. And sometimes God will ask us to do things that are not normal. I don't mean weird, strange, and wacky necessarily, but I mean to step out and say things where other people won't. Or to maybe not worry about the things that are going to come at us. You know, the early church survived despite the threat of murder, despite the threat of imprisonment, despite the threat of um, absolute torture and, and loss of position. How would it survive with us today when actually sometimes we're scared of speaking out when someone might tease us? <laughs> or we're scared of saying something in case we offend? God's way of behaving is not always going to suit you and me. Because God might come and fill this temple and transform it. That's what our prayer is, for God to fill the temple. The New Testament tells us we are his temple. If we ask him into our lives, he will fill us. But we've got to get rid of the other junk first, so it doesn't take priority. Another, another story in 2 Corinthians 3, verses 7 to 8, talks, talks back to a time of Moses. It says, the old way with laws etched in stone led to death. The old way led to death. The normal way led to death. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? Moses spent time in the presence of God so much that his face was shiny. It wasn't highlighter makeup, ladies. I know all about this. I've got a teenage daughter. Okay? It wasn't like some nice moisturiser or some treatment by Rebecca McElgorm that made his face shine. Okay, There's an advert for you, Rebecca. <laughs> Moses spent time in the presence of God and as a result, people couldn't look at his face. Is that normal? No. no. It's God. <laughs> and God will not do things the way you want him to. God will not do what you expect all the time because his way is better. Have we got this? His way is higher than yours. Your plans might seem great on the ground and your ways might seem great in the long run, but ultimately God's way trumps it. If we're playing top trunks, you can't beat the God card with anything. Okay, you can't because God's way is better and higher. Why have we got so much struggle in the world? Because people have forsaken God's way. People have stopped asking God to be part of their lives. And yet, the people are still going down the same path towards the same ways and thinking it's going to solve everything. God's way is higher. Moses spent time in God's presence and as a result, he was changed. When God acts and you allow him to fill your life, don't expect it to be the same. Don't expect your life to be the same. It'll be an adventure. There'll be ups and downs, but that's the sign of life. But with him, we've said to the parents this morning, he'll never leave you or forsake you. He will be in that adventure with you. And his way is better. You know, 
Jesus had to die the most horrendous death available to give us life. And we talk about that every Sunday. We sing about that every Sunday. But if you think about it, that's not normal. That's not what you would expect. Some people say, why doesn't God just click his fingers and sort out that problem? He has. He sent his son. It wasn't a click of the fingers. It was far harder than that. It wasn't an easy way. It was a hard way. It was a difficult way. It was a tough way. And as a result, you can have the benefits. As a result, you can have life to the full. That's the promise. Life to the full is his way. An empty life is is ours. We might sometimes think it's full, but it isn't. That's not normal, but it's amazing. Jesus died on a cross for you and me. That is amazing. That is incredible. And it's his challenge for you and me to take up our cross in order to see him glorified. Are we taking up our cross? Are we willing to do the hard stuff? Are we willing to do the difficult decisions? Are we willing to say yes to God, even though it might mean trouble for us? Because ultimately, his way is greater. Thank you, Steve. You're always an encouragement. God will not act how you or I dictate. He will not behave how you want him to. Because he's God. And you're not. You know, using the hankies wasn't normal. But it did make things better, didn't it? It made things better. If we allow God to act in the way he wants to act, will it make things better? Yeah. Yeah. So why do we resist it? Because we've got the little voice whispering over here saying, come over here, I've got something for you. I've got something, don't worry, God doesn't really understand that. I've got something over here that'll that'll be okay. I've got a satisfactory way. Do we want satisfactory or do we want outstanding? I was a teacher, so I know the difference between satisfactory and outstanding. Okay? No school in this town wants satisfactory. I'll tell you now. They don't want satisfactory. They want outstanding. Is it easy to get outstanding? No. Is it worth it? Yes. And actually, as individuals in here, as Christians, you can choose satisfactory. But why would you want satisfactory? Because the danger is you go for satisfactory, you're living on the edge of not so satisfactory. When God says, you can have outstanding... Because my way is higher than yours. My way is better. It might not be normal. Moses' face glowing because of his presence with God. That wasn't normal. But it showed people God's glory. The temple filling with a cloud that made everybody stop wasn't normal. It is for God. All these things are normal for God. Not for us. Because our view isn't of God. Our view is with our eyes. We need to say, God, open up my eyes to the things I don't see. Both of those incidents led to others realising that God was real, is real, is powerful, is present, and will keep his promise. Yet why do we, why do we hold it off? I'll tell you why, because actually we want our own way. We want normal. We want normal, day-to-day, routine, no interference. Thank you very much. God says, come over here because it's better might not be easy, but it's better. If I said to you, he wants better this morning, you don't put your hands up. Well, actually, you wouldn't because you don't always. But anyway, if I said he wants better, most of you in the inside would be going, yes, I want better. Well, God says my way is better. So what's the answer? Your hand up. <laughs> put your hand up. Then I won't beat you up about it. The answer is, raise your hand to say, yes, God, I want your way because it's better. Yeah, amen. Okay, a few of you. It's Mexican wave. Woo. Okay. <laughs> 
Got, oh, Chris is stretching up there. I don't know if he's putting his hand up. You know, yesterday, as I, as I finish, I think, yesterday, quite a few of us went to Emmanuel Church to see um, someone from the Glasgow Prophetic uh, Ministry School called Sam. And he, uh, he, he was talking about how we can hear God in the everyday. You don't have to go to Bible college to hear God. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to, be, you don't have to fast for 36 days or whatever. You don't have to do those things because God wants to speak to you every day. God wants to use you and speak to you. But we do need to practice listening. And we need to spend time in his presence. And we need to take some space in life to hear what he's saying to us. But not only that, when he speaks to us, we need to go, okay, God, I hear you. Your way is better. Because what sometimes happens is God speaks and we go, nah, I'll still go over here. So don't say God doesn't speak when he does and we don't listen or we don't act. We need to make God part of our normal lives. See what I'm saying? God can be normal, but he won't be normal. Because <laughs> he wants to be part of your day-to-day eating, living, sleeping life. He wants to be part of your everything. That will become your normal if you allow it to be. But your life will be anything, any, any, nothing close to normal. Your life will be nothing like it. You know, God is a God that has more in store. God is a God who wants better for you than you want for yourself. Do you understand? Just, just say this out loud, okay? Because it sometimes makes it real. I'll say it. God is a God, say that, God is a God. that wants better for you, wants better or better for me. Say better for me. Better for us. Than you want for yourself. I'm getting confused. Should we say that again? I'm going to say it. Repeat the words. That's easier. God wants for me. Better than what I want for myself. That's pretty much what I was saying, wasn't it? Now you've said it, keep saying it, because actually, sometimes you need to train your brain to understand that, because so often we think our way is going to be better, but you know what? God's promise is it's not. God's way is better, God's way is higher, and yet sometimes we think it's going to be too difficult, and actually I can see this over here. I can see my way to this, I'm going to go and get for it. Do you know, if you head that way, you'll end up with disappointment. Because God's promise is, if you don't go my way, it's not as good. It's not as good. It's not as good. We need to trust him and trust him with where he's taking us. You know, in the summer, I was encouraged at one of the seminars at the camp we went to, I was encouraged to ask God for a word for somebody, to to use the prophetic, not the pathetic, but the prophetic. I was encouraged to say, God, give me a word for somebody so I can encourage them, comfort them and strengthen them. And speaking to what God was saying to their lives, I stood in a meeting with 7,000 other people and I said, God, you know, I really want to bless somebody through you. I want to be willing to say yes to you, God. I want to be willing to hear your voice and step out, even if it may make me look stupid. And for the next half an hour, I kept being drawn to this lad who was about 15 yards, or however many feet or meters, if you want that in metric and whatever, okay? This lad over there, and I kept, and I said, God, is it, is it this lad you want me to go and say something to? And there was this urge of yes. So I said, well, God, what do you want me to say? And in my head, as I, as I listened, and the voice, the voice, there wasn't like this voice saying, Johnny, go and tell him this, that he needs to go to Morocco for the rest of his life. It wasn't that. My thoughts and God's voice sound the same. 
So I've got to be careful and weigh them up. And actually, I felt God saying I needed to go and mention the name Paul. Not this Paul, okay? Friendship. And I had a picture of a boat. And the boat was in a storm, a really bad storm. But actually, everyone in the boat was okay. And that was what God shared with me in the half an hour as I'm praying. I'm thinking, my heart was beating out my chest. I'm there thinking, oh, I'm just going to make a right prat of myself here. And actually, I'm surrounded by, you know, predominantly Christians in this Christian conference. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to find my opportunity. I'm going, and I'm going to go and talk to him. And I'm going to share these things. And if he laughs in my face, I'll just walk away. And I won't stand in the same area tomorrow night because then he won't see me ever again. That's fine. So I went over to him and, and I also heard the thought, my peace I give to you. So I went over to this guy and I said, hi. I didn't say to him, this isn't normal. I went over to him and said, Hi, I'm really sorry to interrupt. It was a moment that was appropriate. And I said, can I just, I just think God's got a word for you. And I said, does the, and I'm thinking, do I say this or do I, do I start with the easier bits? So I thought, no. So I said, I don't know if the name Paul means anything to you, but I get this real sense of friendship. And also I've had a picture of a boat in a storm, but the people in the boat are all okay. And God says, my peace I give to you. And I sort of said all this. And I'm looking at his face as if he's going to suddenly burst into tears and repent or something like that or, or jump around and dance. And he turns to me and he said, he said, my best friend growing up was called Paul. He said, and when he was about four, he moved to uh, France. He said, and I've not really seen him since. I've tried to reconnect through social media, he said, but I've never had. He said, even though we were only young, he said, I don't think I've ever had a friend as close. He said, and actually, I've come to this conference this summer and in September... I'm going for a year on a boat to teach other people how to sail. He said, and I'm just not sure whether it's what God wants me to do. And I'm all churny about it, and I'm not sure. And actually, I've come to this conference hoping God will tell me something. And I'm I'm still not certain, and it's all whirling around. And I'm going in September for a year, leaving my family for the first time. He was only about 18, 19. And I'm stood there going, oh, my word. (laughs) That's not normal. One guy out of 7,000... That God says, I want you to go and say this to you. I could have gone, no, God, I'm going to take it the easy way and just say, well, I think God had a word for me, but I've not shared it, so that's okay. But instead, I said, okay, God, I'm willing. And I went this way, and you know, as a result of that, it really encouraged me. And I know yesterday in, in Emmanuel, people who came here, they were really encouraged to step into that gift. And I want us to have space in church where we can do that. So if you're praying in the church as we worship, and you really sense a word for somebody, then give it, but give it with the basis. Don't say, thus saith the Lord, I don't know what your name is, because that's not true. God, does, God knows our name, okay? But you can go and say, I, I, mean, I think God might be saying this, and weigh it. And if somebody comes and says to you a word, don't immediately accept it, share it with somebody else and say, what do you think? But actually, God can be trusted. God isn't normal. If life is just the same old, same old, then I don't think God's breaking in. Because God isn't a God of normality. God isn't a God who wants routine. He is a God who wants to break through our normal and show his supernatural, extraordinary power, love, strength, comfort, peace, joy, grace. The question to us is, will we let him? The question to us is, will we allow him? Do we want people to be amazed by the God that made us and everything around us? A few nods, that's really encouraging. If you want God to be amazed, then allow God to break into your life because then people will be amazed. 
Because people will see a difference. People will see a change. But if he's just as normal as us, then how is that possible? If he's just as normal as you and me are, how is it possible for people to see how amazing he is? Because actually he is amazing. We want to see Jesus lifted high. Yeah? We want to see. We want to see. We want to see Jesus lifted high. What does it say next? Step by step, we're moving forwards. Little by little, taking ground. Every sword a powerful weapon. It's not going to be easy. Strongholds come tumbling down and down and down and down. Okay? That is the power of God. His spectacular love. His amazing glory. His miraculous healing power. Doing the things that we couldn't do because he isn't normal. He is supernatural. He isn't ordinary. He is extraordinary. He is not the day-to-day, run-of-the-mill stuff. He is a God that can transform your life if you let him. But you've got to go with no agenda other than saying, God, here I am. Here I am. If our view of God is just the norm, then we're going to miss the more. We're going to miss the best. If our God is just the ordinary, we're going to miss the extraordinary. If we don't step out of our ordinary, we'll never see his amazing. So your God is not normal. And nor should he be. But your God is amazing. Your God is incredible. So let's allow him to be.